0: Hello, welcome back to Wasp. It's great to have you company for the next hour or so as we kick off the afternoon with the call uh, 10 stocks that you suggest we take a look at. I put it to an expert panel. Let's get stuck straight into it because these two blokes are very hard to keep quiet. Uh, always with great information. So we want to give them as much time as possible. Andrew Wheeler from DP Advisory, at Wealth Advisory in Toowoomba. Hello you, mate? You're well?
1: Koshy, always great to be with you and, and my, my good mate, Henry.
0: So thanks for having me. Yes. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Keeping dry, Henry.
2: Uh, yeah, it's not uh, not easy, Koshy, up here at the moment in Sydney. It's, it's pretty wet, I have to say. And, and the roof in our office actually leaks. Oh, OK. <laughs>
0: All right. That's a good sign. Not great. Uh,
2: not great. No, not great.
0: exactly. All right. Let's get straight into <laughs> it. Uh, first half hour of the show, we're going to be taking a look at Reliance Worldwide. Ashley Services Group, uh, the ETF Securities Fang ETF, Endeavor Group and Allchem, which I thought, what was Allchem? But it's the old Oracobra. So uh, we'll get, catch up on that. Uh, So much information coming out on the markets today. So many earnings reports. I thought we'd do a quick fire look at two of the big players uh, in the news this morning, Woolworths and Dominoes, and get the guys view on it. First cab off Woolworths, um, cutting its interim dividend after what it described as one of the most challenging halves it has ever experienced. Profit slipped more than 20%, though it was higher than the market expected, uh, with inflationary pressures and rising covid cost of blame uh look at a uh, company looking confident of an improvement in financial performance with the caveat COVID doesn't again throw a spanner in the works of course uh, shares ticking up into the green today up two percent on that result follows coles just a couple of days ago uh, henry jennings what do you think of the woolworths result and and the stock price
2: Uh, Thanks, Kashi. I mean, it's a bit of a a dirty result in some respects because uh, it no longer has the Endeavour Group in it. Uh, Of course, that was spun out. So that does make it a little bit hard to compare. But it does seem to be winning the battle at the moment with Coles, which is good. And I think the other thing that it's got going for it is that our habits for shopping have changed during the uh, pandemic lockdowns in terms of, you know, we've got that online shopping list now that they deliver And that big threat from Aldi, which we've seen in recent Mm. years, doesn't seem to be quite such a big threat. I don't think think I've ever seen an Aldi van delivering uh, to uh, the groceries, at least. You can buy a chainsaw or maybe a 3D printer on Aldi and they'll deliver that. But I'm not sure they'll deliver a steak. Mm. So I I think this was a pretty solid result. And it's uh, a little bit cloudy because of that endeavour thing. That's primarily the reason why they cut that dividend uh... to reflect that but uh... and there was also a massive profit to reflect the fact that they demerged uh, that business as well so uh... for me doing well doing better than coles at the moment they too vie. you know it's kind of a two-horse race neck and neck and one gets in front of the other but uh... this looks like a pretty solid result and barring any disasters of course uh, that uh, always in the background but uh, i think this one is definitely a hold and the reaction today is probably good and we probably see some upgrades Mm. as well. So maybe it's more a buy than a hold.
0: Okay, Um, Andrew? Yeah, look Koshi, I think
1: it's actually a buy. I I agree with with Henry unusually. Uh, It was a a messy result and certainly trying to strip out Endeavour. I'm really looking forward to talking about Endeavour shortly. But, uh, look, Big W continues to disappoint, albeit it's now profitable, which is uh, um, has been a challenge for that business. And the other thing uh, they flagged was COVID costs continue to be an issue. COVID costs were around 0.2% of sales for the uh, second half of last year, now looking at being 0.5%, which, you know, 0.5%. But it, as, basing off that 0. 02 it just shows that even though hopefully we're moving into endemic, uh that's covid still the, and the impact of that's still going to impact the other thing they flag more broadly was inflation or food pricing they're seeing about a 2 to 3% increase in food pricing which is obviously a concern from a broader inflation perspective but Woolies koshi is a buy
0: okay all right prefer it over Coles um let's take a look at Domino's though um it out today it was such a darling of uh of the covid period Profit down 7%, uh, $89 million despite a 10% increase to revenue. Company saying short-term sales growth challenging, but has reiterated its three to five-year outlook for store growth of 9%. Uh, Been a positive start to the second half with the network sales up uh, 6%. uh, Interim dividend of $0.88. Shares thumped. Um, down 15% it uh, <coughs> opened down 15% it has stayed there um, Andrew uh, Domino's result uh, well below that 100 buck level now
1: Oh, it's a it's a trading company. I uh, I lament the days of MIM going. You could buy MIM at 82 cents and sell it at a dollar 50. Perhaps we found the new <laughs> 2022 20, version of MIM uh, Dominoes. It does move around a lot. Uh, look, I keep I think the key issue is a lot of these growth companies are priced for for, for perfection, and uh, and when they're not perfect then uh, the big stick is well and truly out. And as you said, a 15% move. I mean, we've seen lots of those styles of moves the last few days. Tyra down 27% mm-hmm. of medium mind. The growth forecast is probably a little bit concerning as well. Uh, that the market I think is sort of looking for closer to eight percent and I think at the moment they're guiding the market sort of into the sixes. So to Henry's point around upgrades for Woolies, you will be seeing downgrades for uh, Domino's. So people trying to, I guess, uh, preempt those downgrades that are coming. So Mm. I would think best Domino's is a hold.
0: Okay. All right. Henry, what do you think of Domino's?
2: Uh, It's fallen a huge way, I've got to say, this is this is a stock that the it's been a bit massive fall. I mean, talk about stuff crust. Um, I've, I've got to say, I watched uh, Don on uh, one interview this morning, and as usual, very polished performer, talking about the inflationary pressures that dominoes have in the system. And that's certainly one of the reasons why we've seen this stock come off. But what they are doing is they're increasing the toppings, they're increasing the premium uh, kind of offerings they have and then offering a premium price for those offerings as well so rather than buying the same old pizza your Hawaiian Mm. with your pineapple on that is that is an abomination Uh, but uh, (laughs) apart from that but um, those sort of regular pizzas they're not going to be putting up the prices of those they're going to give you something for something so they will be putting up prices but they are moving you know to stuffed crust, and more toppings, to more premium right. content on their pizzas. So I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I just find it incredible this stock has dropped from sort of 160 bucks to $85 bucks, mm. uh, recently. Uh, have people stopped eating pizza? I mean, really and truly. I mean, I know that we've all rushed out into the wide world uh, after the pandemic and uh, we've stopped ordering in, but, uh, you know, footy season's coming, etc. I don't mind this one at some stage, and I think that stage is getting close, I have to say, after the big four, what I was also intrigued about was uh, I looked at the short position in dominoes, which used to be massive and probably accounts for the reason why that stock price went from 90 bucks to 160 bucks as all those shorts covered. Uh, And now, of course, uh, they've covered there's only 1.7% of the company actually shorted where it was around 10 11 12% at mm. on one stage so uh, the the bearish bets aren't there at the moment which probably explains why it's been sagging uh, there's also competition from pizza hut coming the uh, the gentleman behind pizza hut is promising to open 500 stores or to to put their numbers up to 500 stores and really bring it to uh, to dominance. i think they've got around 7% of the market pizza hut um so it's still not huge. They're looking to build that up to 9%. Uh, but uh, reality is domino still dominates mm. and you know, the inflationary pressures are there. We've seen that with Woolies results, yep. but equally they do talk about delivery. And I think this one's starting to look attractive. This for me would be certainly a hold uh, and accumulate as well as we approach uh, the footy season to some extent.
0: Okay, okay, so you've, You've hedged your bits with both Woolies and Dominoes, Hold, buy, yeah, well, hold, I, buy.
2: Right, well, I, I, I will be definitive, I'll be definitive on Woolies as a buy. And I will right. also, uh, I think dominoes maybe uh, come a little bit of a downgrade after the results with brokers getting a little bit nasty. Uh, but after that washes through, then it is a buy.
0: Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Let's kick off with the stocks you want us to take a look at. Andrew Jane wants a view on Reliance Worldwide, the... Uh, um, the sort of big water flow pump supplier, um, big in the UK, bigger in the UK than um, I thought it would be, uh, not only just in Australia. Um, what do you think of Reliance results at Monday, I think?
1: Yeah, look, it wasn't too bad. And um, uh, they seem to be managing that supply chain issue really well, which is obviously a key issue for a number of these businesses at the moment. They've also got pretty good exposure to the U.S. and that's certainly what we is also sort of helping their business along. In particular, that sort of um, home renovation and uh, and repair piece, which of course we've also seen in both uh, Australia and also in the U.K. I sort of compare them a little bit to Reese, R-E-H. And if yeah. you look at the margin that Reliance have relative to REH, albeit it's probably a somewhat unfair comparison, um, they've actually reliance. have actually got three times the margin that Reese has. So, you know, we certainly have businesses that are like that. The PE is 21 times earnings. Markets 18. So it's in that ballpark. We're looking at around forecast EPS growth of around 14% over the next 12 months. And as we can see, the chart's pretty kind. It's been um, up 15% over the last uh, per annum over the last five years, which again, we can see there. Um, and, and it's trading sort of well below consensus. Consensus is about $6.25 relative to the market, which is uh, where it's sitting at the moment. So, look, on balance, um, I'll, I'll say it's a buy. There we go. I know you're not liking the hold mantra today. So oh, I'll no, no, away. no.
0: No, no, I'm, I'm not liking the hold slash buy. So, I just want I'll one. I don't practice. want... But,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, my initial thought was hold, but just right, okay. because just, I was just talking through right. with you. I'm, I'm sort of happy to sort of change my mind midstream we'll just we'll,
0: we'll sort on of it we'll give it a go <laughs> henry jennings andrew convinces himself uh with his answers and that's that's really good um what do you think of reliance uh
2: no i'm going to go with a sell koshi on this one i'm afraid um, i think there's too many inflationary pressures in the system copper pipes etc they're also exposed to two markets the us and the uk they did make a big acquisition in the UK, which gave them a, a big exposure there yeah. uh, some, uh, I think it was about a year or so ago. And you look at the UK inflation and US inflation, those are the epicentre of the issues at the moment. It's not in Europe, it's not in Australia, apart from New Zealand where we are seeing uh, inflation, but the UK and the US is the epicentre there. Also looking last night, Home Depot uh, had uh, some results out and that of course is like the Bunnings of the US and that wasn't particularly flash. So. As interest rates rise, I don't know, are we going to be renewing our plumbing? Is that going to affect mm. how ha- new homes? I don't know, but th- this one to me looks like it's got 420 written all over it, uh, which has been the previous sort of support level. So uh, for me, this is still a sell with more downside risk to come. The brokers are still relatively optimistic about it, but I just worry about those cost pressures. You know, We're still seeing copper prices, right. those sorts of things, uh, excessive. And also it's hard to get hold of a tradie.
0: Mm. supply chain issues all the way through.
2: Supply chain <laughs> issues, human supply chain issues. Yeah,
0: yeah, Lib, Lib asked me to do some gardening last weekend. I went, sorry, supply chain issues, can't do it. Uh, Everyone's yeah, using no, that, it as the no, excuse, no, no. isn't it? Um, Henry, I've yep. never heard of Ashley Services Group. Ryan wants, wants a view on it. It's a, a training recruitment, labour hire uh, group, 250 staff, 21 officers. And I looked at the chart, and this is sort of, it's had quite a nice 12 months, hasn't it?
2: It has, Koshi. I've got to say, I'm in the same boat as you, both with the gardening and with this <laughs> stock, because I, I've never heard of it either, ah. I have to say. Um, probably one of the reasons I've never heard of it is, is its size, its liquidity, and it does have some big... Uh, shareholders. Uh, Ross Shrimpton owns 56 percent of the company and another mob called Richmond Hill has just uh, upped their substantial shareholder notice to 11.5 percent so mm. it does make it pretty thin so for instance today it hasn't actually traded but you've got to say in a market where we do have human supply chain issues um, in the US and the UK we've had the the great resignation of course here it's the uh, I think um, Joe Masters called it the Great Shuffle. I think yep. that was it, uh, and people <laughs> shuffling jobs and moving from job to job, uh, rather than the Great Resignation. Obviously, we don't have the same pressures here, but we do have uh, problems finding good staff, and HR people, and employment agencies, and those things have got to be doing well. They've got to be in a sweet spot. It's had a big run. Liquidity, for me, would be an issue, but uh, it certainly looks interesting. Uh, but you know, if you if you bought. 50,000 of these things at 74 cents, you'd, you'd get them up right. 3 or 4%. So that that to me is, is a bit of an issue. And if you want to get out in a hurry, if things turn pear shaped, then you do have a problem. But apart from that, this one does look interesting, I have to say. Good, good sector, uh, good management, uh, lots of skin in the game, new big substantial shareholder raising their stake. Um, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. Just the liquidity for me is the issue. It's a hold.
1: Right. Okay. Andrew? Same, same. I think Henry's been looking over my notes, uh, sir. Henry's been looking at my yeah, notes. Yes, he's
0: looking whilst, down. Whilst,
1: um, Jennings at the back there. Uh, look, i the only other <laughs> thing would be around that uh, return on equity. Uh, return on equity of thirty-three percent is gold star stuff, but a margin of two percent. You know, there's not really a lot of money in there. But you know, as Henry says, they're all in, in the right space. Obviously impacted by COVID. And in the lockdowns, they've got that pretty strong Victorian focus. Um, And that $19,000 a day being traded, you know, it's a bit of a crab pot. Um, Potentially easy to get into, but very difficult to get out of. So I would also think it's a hold, but not a criticism of the business. They just need to get some more liquidity going.
0: Yep. All right. Um, Andrew, Charlie wants a view on the FANG ETF. What's that? Facebook, Amazon, Netflix and Google, which should be Alphabet, but anyhow. um, What do you think of the FANG ETF? They've all been. Well,
1: they've all changed their name Alphabet, Meta. So, do they need to change the, (laughs) the ASX code as well? Um, look, the MERs, you know, um, 0.35. So, you know, it's not too bad in the running it space, but 229 million funds under management. Obviously, it was a lot higher before the most recent, we'll call it a correction that we're going through at the moment. Highly concentrated. Highly, 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 highly concentrated. Uh, Baidu, Apple, Alibaba, Alphabet, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Netflix, Facebook, that's it. That's all you've got. Well,
0: so why, why would they charge an MER that uh, would cost nothing to run, would it, you're making making no investment decisions at all? Well, well, a couple of things cost you, 0.35 relative
1: to active managers is actually pretty cheap. I mean, right. it's not as right. cheap as, you know, say an ASX 200 one, which might come in at 12 basis points, but 35 basis points. For, an, for a um, thematic ETF is actually probably, if anything, it's a slightly Um There's hedging um, in place as well, so you've got to sort ah, of right. consider that. But probably the the key thing is, and you could have this conversation around a lot of technology-focused um, ETFs at the moment, we're in a rising bond yield environment, albeit bond yields have fallen in the last couple of days, thanks to our friend Vlad. However, um, Certainly the outlook for interest rates. I mean, what is it? Six uh, interest rate rises is what the market is predicting for this year. And as bond yields rise, um, that's a real um, impact on technology companies. So I think the question is, you know, as a long-term investment, well, maybe just let the current noise wash on through. But I would be highly concerned, highly concerned about that really concentrated exposure to technology. And I would be, if I was doing it, you know, I haven't said it for a couple of weeks, Qual, you're going to get the same sort of exposure but across a much broader range of names, right. you're going to get that same sort of exposure. So it is a hold, caution. Okay. Uh,
2: Henry? Uh, well, like, uh, like Andrew said before, I think he's actually snuck away and read my notes today as well because I was going to say pretty much the same. <laughs> The, um, this thing's fallen 40, uh, 21% from its highs back in November. It has been, uh, you know, we, everyone gets hung up on how cheap these ETFs are in terms of the management expense ratio, which it is 0. 0.35, it is cheap. But 21% down, and you, you know, it, it's, um, it's hard to get away from the fact that this, as Andrew rightly points out, is very concentrated, and you're not just getting the fangs, no matter what they've mm. been renamed, you're getting the Baidus, you're getting those sorts of things, you're getting the Alibaba's. Um, is that really what you want? So it has to be. You have to be careful that you're buying what you actually want, and you have to read the product disclosure statements pretty thoroughly and make sure that you're getting. You know what it says on the tin is actually what you want to uh, to be exposed to. As I say, this is down 21%. You'd have to say at some stage it's going to find a bottom. But uh, there are risks out there still, and although it is showing signs of a little bit of a blip higher uh, and some stabilisation, in this world anything could happen. For me, it's probably a hold, yep. but, um, you know, as, as Andrew says, there's probably other ways to play this without getting involved in the Baidus and the Alibabas. I and mean, even yesterday, we saw Ant Group under a bit of attack again from the Chinese authorities in terms of uh, clamping down on technology. So... Yeah. Um, given the animosity between China and the US, which I don't see going away, um, you are exposing yourself to a lot of Chinese tech, which you may not want. So uh, a hold only because it's yeah. fallen 21% and I hate to sell things after so they've fallen 21%. You kind of missed it. It traded you didn't. And uh, at these levels, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And, uh, and there's not, a bit of not, a, not rushing. A, a bit of a consensus coming through the last couple of weeks here on the call that uh, tech stocks will have another leg down and if you're looking at sort of anything tech related wait till the middle of the year um, seems to be a, well it,
2: a yeah down. i mean it yeah it's it, it's it's an easy call to make that at the moment because of the, the trend clearly is down at some stage the nexus of this negativity will will cease uh, i suspect the ides of march where we see uh, federal reserve chief jerome powell uh, put down his marker his line in the sand will yeah. be pretty uh, pretty big moment for the markets this year. If he goes 50 basis points, it's going to show a statement of intent uh, far yep. more than the slow and gradual 25 basis points.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, Henry, Sarah wants a view on Endeavour Group. We talked about Woolworths at the top of the show. This was the liquor business that was spun out of Woolworths, BWS, Dan Murphy's and the like. Um, it also reported this week as well.
2: Yeah, good numbers, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I I think yeah. at the end of the day, uh, Dan Murphy's has been one of the winners from the pandemic, whichever way you look at it. Uh, whether uh, whether it's from stay-at-home drinking or whether it's been out and about in pubs and clubs and hotels, et cetera. I think Endeavour certainly uh, shone with these numbers. It has run pretty hard, so I'm not sure I'd be chasing it. The brokers are all pretty positive on this, but it's you know it's not a massively high-growth business, but it has it did probably get sold down. Uh, too much during the, uh, the last month or so because of the pandemic and it's probably bounced a little bit too much as well. I'd probably see better value if it got back to sort of 680, uh, which it's likely to do. Uh, 687 bucks I'd be an accumulate here. It's probably a smidge of a sell, but it's certainly quality results, good business, showed its strength, category killer, mm. uh, doing all the right things, but just the price has run a little bit too ritzy for my liking.
0: Yep. Andrew?
1: big fan of this business and not as a not only as a customer but also given its <laughs> defensive nature uh, i mean dan murphy's is sort of the bunnings of liquor yeah and yep. Uh, it's just as, as henry says it's a category killer um i you know strong conviction buys. henry and i were banging the table bhp 37 dollars. when was that november i think it was um yeah. this was around six dollars yeah. at the same time i'm going this is a buy uh at 7.26 i think it is today it's probably just a touch over price but if if you had your long term hat on, you'd still accumulate this A P of 13. It's got a really strong margin. The guys and girls who run it are very switched on. So I am one of my favourite businesses. I I'm a big fan of okay. Endeavour. All
0: right. Um, and is it just me? Um, I think they've picked up their digital act as well. I I get much yeah. more more targeted emails. I'm at the Dan Murphy's app and. You know, delivering 20, 20 minutes, you know, during lockdown, you needed that sort of stuff. Um, but now they're saying, oh, you bought Nanny Goat Pinot three weeks ago and we've got new stock at your local store. Come in and get it. Do you want to buy it? Uh, it didn't used to be that targeted before. I, I was only thinking the other day they've got a lot more savvy.
2: Yeah. I, I think no, it's but, only you they're targeting, Cosby. I don't think anybody <laughs> else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe it,
2: like they uh, know a soft touch when they see
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I wish uh, they gave away frequent fly <laughs> points. Anyhow, um, Ga- Gary <laughs> wants a view, wants a view, Andrew on uh, Alchem. I thought, what's Alchem? And then it's the recently renamed Auricobra. Uh Gary says, is this the best lithium stock on the market? What do you think, Andrew? Well, I
1: certainly wouldn't be silly enough to make that judgment with Mr. Lithium above me, so I will certainly allow uh, King Lithium to pass judgment on that. Um, I, I guess I'd simply point out that it was included in the ASX 100 in December, so certainly it's got to have a fair bit of institutional support. They are holding 400 million US in cash but probably the most telling thing is that their results are due on Monday, I think it is. Right. So as right. we've seen, you know, Domino's, Tyro, Endeavour, you know, you sort of uh, uh, have good results, you tend to do a bit better, poor results. So it is a dangerous time to be buying. So I'd certainly right. wait for King right. Lithium's pro- prognostications, but I'd right. also wait until the 28th of Feb as well. On balance, though, I um, I would be playing lithium using the ACDC uh, ETF because I'm the boring guy, but right.
2: I'll hand
0: right. it over
2: to Henry. Okay. Henry? Uh, um, well, I don't know if I'm any lithium guru by any stretch of the imagination. This, this one came about from the uh, the merger of Galaxy and Orocobre and what they did, they merged uh, the brine pools of South America with the hard rock spodumene of Mount Caitlin. Uh, and guess I guess they spread their risk in that respect we have got the numbers coming out we have had production numbers this one is quite volatile I have to say as is the whole space at the moment it is driven by sentiment to a a large degree and we saw Albemarle numbers out uh, I think it was a week or so ago the stock dropped I think it was about 20% on the back of the numbers it was an absolute shocker and it showed that there are certainly price pressures in the system in terms of these inflationary pressures etc that we are seeing and that it was costing them more to get their product to market and also they weren't able to access the high prices. Now today we've had what I think is one of the best lithium stocks out there. Uh, the results out today was Pilbara, P-L-S is the stock code there yeah. and we did see the fact that Pilbara have been able to uh, access those high prices and although they have had issues with production in terms of downtime for maintenance and also finding staff because of the uh, WA border closures, etc. And pressures there. Uh, still, not a bad result given uh, what's happening. Their CEO is retiring at the end of the year. That is my probably my go-to lithium stock in the quality end of the spectrum, actual producer. Uh, Alchem certainly has uh, has got lots of potential, but it has kind of diversified to some extent. There are issues as well in South America in terms of. Uh, the brine ponds, the environmental damage, there is a bit of pushback in times how much water these things are using. It takes, I think it's two million litres of water to create one ton of lithium in a brine pond, which is what? Um, quite a big, imp- Wow. yeah, it's quite a massive environmental impact. Um, you know, we forget all this, all this electrification of the car fleet and solving the world's problems. Uh, it, it does come at a cost. What do you mean? Uh, mining is not the um, not the easiest, and it's not the not the cleanest, and they're trying to make it clean. And brine again is not the easiest or the cleanest. In fact, you know there are um, you know problems with this, and we have seen soil erosion, soil contamination, farming land under pressure in uh, South America. And Chile has a new president, so for me, Pilbara, completely concentrated in Australia uh, with their project, I think that is the one that I would buy. This one will bounce around but Pilbara for me is a preferred one. It's certainly a hole, I still like the space. There is a gaping hole in the next two years between uh, supply and demand, but after 2024-2025, we do see some of the projects that are now uh, being built come, into, uh, come to fruition, and that will take some of that demand uh, away. You know, the experts still say there's going to be tons of demand because of the way electric vehicles are going, but um, it remains to be seen what the price is at the moment. The prices are very elevated in lithium because of this sort of shortage. Just buy what you can to ensure that you have a battery that um, is is able to push your electric vehicle along.
0: Okay. All right. So a hold for Alchem. Uh, Let's recheck the uh, check the first five stocks plus our stocks of the day. Woolworths, a buy from both uh, uh, Andrew and Henry, Uh, a hold on uh, on Domino's Um, Reliance, a buy from Andrew, a sell from Henry. Uh, Ashley Services, a hold from both. Uh, the FANG ETF, it's fallen a long way. Uh, it's a hold from both, although, um, if you want to get into that area, um, Andrew prefers Quoll. Uh, Endeavour, a long-term. if you've got your long-term investment hat on, Andrew likes it uh, at these levels. Uh, Henry would prefer it to come down around that 680 mark, but still likes it as a business as well. All uh, Chem, um, not at the moment for Andrew. Wait until the results come out next week because they're pending at the moment. Anything can happen in this whole lithium space. He prefers the ACDC ETF. And uh, for Henry, it's a hold, but in the area of preference for Pilbara. Uh, let's uh, here the, at the call. We've been following our own fantasy portfolio um, since July, 2020. Um, let's see how we're going uh, for the week down to uh, just over 2% for the month down, just under 6% for the financial year to date, down a third of a percent since the inception. On July the 1st, 2020, it is up 34%. And uh, next week we'll be launching our, our new fantasy portfolio. It's a live fund with a much smaller basket of stocks, still using your requests, and our experts buy, hold, or sell recommendations. Uh, as the first filter, but instead of, uh, for example, Woolworths going automatically into the calls fantasy portfolio, it will go in front of an investment committee, um, which will decide whether it goes into the fund or replaces another stock in the fund. And we will do an extra uh, addition of the call to take you inside the musings of the investment committee. The whole point of it is to give you more insights in how you build and construct uh, and manage a portfolio. So all part of learning more about what the experts do uh, do every day. So uh, that extra edition of the call where we take you inside the executive uh, investment committee's meeting, um, they, they they might sort of want to talk to the chief executive of a particular stock that's come up and we'll get the CEO online and and you can see the questions that they ask them. So we'll keep the current portfolio going until uh, the end of this week and then the 1st of March we will start. Information memorandum of the CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, in this uh, half hour, the second half of the call, we'll be taking a look at integrated research. Is it a screaming buy? Ask our viewer. Uh, the Vanguard Australian Property Securities Index, Shaver Shop, O Media, and Focus Minerals. So, um, a good mixture there. Kick it off with integrated research. Andrew Nick says uh, it's come up on the show many times. Always been given favourable coverage, classified as a quality business. Uh, it's trading at 10 year lows. Um, I draw parallels between this business and Technology One. Uh, when they were moving uh, from contract to SaaS revenue, changing the business model, uh, is this a screaming buy? Andrew, uh, Integrated Research is. No, Technology One is a Queensland company, isn't it? Queensland base. Integrative research, yeah, I think, to deal yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry,
1: I'm just saying the CEO, uh, John Ruthven, or if you're not from Toowoomba, you'd say uh, Ruthven, uh, holds $14,000 worth of shares in a $120 million company. So, uh, Nick, not on that basis, but no, Nick, this is not a screaming buy. Um, if we have a look at the chart in a moment, um, and you sort of alluded to it in your question, you can see that chart is sort of... Uh, Top left to bottom right, that's Horrible. not the right way. It should be bottom left to top right. So the chart looks terrible, and in fact, over the last five years, it has lost 22% per annum relative to the ASX over the same period, which is up around 8% per annum. So certainly has underperformed, and as Nick says. Part of the uh, remediation process is that sort of transition from transactional to annuity-style income. So that's obviously a positive, but the result was pretty ordinary. Uh, in particular, because I just reported the U.S. and the European businesses uh, are weakening. They are building up cash. They've actually built up about five million dollars worth of cash over the last six months, which is great. But part of the reason why was because they stopped paying a dividend. Um, so no, this is. Definitely not a screaming buy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you would sell it at sort of 10-year lows, but uh, I note consensus is a dollar and I think we're trading at 70 cents. And in fact, today we've got double the normal volume. We've got about um, 700,000 shares traded, normally about right. 350,000 traded. So it's a best to hold.
0: Okay. Uh, Henry?
2: Uh, well, this certainly has been a screaming buy, a screaming buy to your money, really. Uh, I don't think there's a worse chart I've seen recently, apart from no, no. Zip maybe. Uh, this, this one has been an absolute shocker. And as Andrew says, they've been preserving capital. That's never a good look, is it, especially for a company that is actually transitioning from a model, which is a license fee and maintenance fee kind of uh, model, where they get big lump sums, to a SaaS model, where they get a little and often. Now that doesn't seem to be sustainable. If they start losing revenue from the maintenance and the license fees, uh, but making it up with six, seven dollars, you know, whatever it costs for their products a month, uh, that's going to leave a big hole and a big drain on that cash. So I wouldn't really touch this one uh, with the proverbial. I have to say I can't see any real reason to to do this. It's not even as if the the SAS models were. Well, I mean, they got five hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Uh, for uh, for their SaaS model subscription fees, seventeen point nine million in license fees. That is a mm. big transition. If you're going to do that, that is a huge transition with a company that's only got nine million bucks and is, um, yep. as Andrew rightly points out, a CEO that's got fourteen thousand bucks worth. Yeah, Not but for me.
0: Yeah, Avoid. But it, it wasn't that long ago, Henry, that it did have. Um, a lot of fans in the market, I remember. Uh, Nick is absolutely right. On the call probably 18 months, a year ago, um, it was one of the premium tech stocks or new tech stocks to come onto the market. Um, what well,
2: that is... That is very true, Koshi. But as you know, everything goes in cycles. Yeah. Everything relies on sentiment. You could say the same about Zip. You know, at one stage, that what was that? 14 bucks.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, now, sort of yeah. two dollars, two dollars thirty after yeah. pay, topping out at 160 dollars, taken over and now languishing at uh, half that. So effectively, so you know, everything does come in cycles. You've got to deliver. These guys obviously promised and mm-hmm. failed to yep. deliver this transition yep, to the SaaS model is fine. That's great, so you can see through that. But a $17.9 million in license fees and $7.8 million in maintenance fees. That's fantastic, great. But if you're transitioning that to a SaaS model, that's going yeah. to take some time and that's going to hurt. So yeah. I just can't see yeah. any reason why you want to be there.
0: No, no uh, it's a fair point. But as you say, it ch- markets change. Uh, And we've we've all got to be aware of that Um, now. Tyler Andrew wants a view on the Vanguard Australian property securities index. Um, Tyler says noticed a lot of REITs did well in reporting. Is this a good option instead of picking one specific REIT?
1: And uh, this is not a Dorothy Dixer, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, of the call. Thank you, Tyler, (laughs) Um, because Tyler, you're bang on um, rather than trying to work out is centre better than Mervac better than Dexus better than Charter Hall or quality businesses like them a lot, like them all, but which one out of the thirty two do you buy or or do you in fact just buy one that basically does them all and tracks the geeks uh, the the, um, the industry subsector that actually tracks uh, real estate investment trusts and that 's really what VAP the Vanguard. Australian Property Trust is doing. Uh, It's got about $6.3 billion funds under management. So it is a substantial uh, holding. MER again, 23 basis points, pretty cheap for what they're doing. Uh, And as I mentioned, it's 32 holdings across retail, office, industrial and diversified. So really giving you that diversified exposure. I would be wary, however, even though the performance was pretty good last year, last year up 27%. Uh, down 4% in 2020, we have referenced a couple of times today that bond yields are on the rise. Mm. Rising bond yields aren't exactly terribly friendly for property or for infrastructure or for uh, utilities. And therefore, I would expect that potentially REITs in general and therefore VAP is going to come under a little bit of pressure. But as part of a diversified portfolio, very relaxed having it in there. In fact, it's part of our model portfolio.
0: All right. Um, Henry.
2: Um, thanks. I, I, I mean, Andrew is the whisperer, let's face it. He is the man when it comes to ETF. So um, I will defer to him in some respects. But I will also question, uh, I love this question, because the whole point of ETF is are to diversify your portfolio. This thing's got 27 percent in Goodman Group. That's not diversification. You're taking mm, a third of your money nearly is in one stock
0: yeah andrew
2: and that stock that's that stock has performed very well
0: yep
1: sure but that's the index that's Um, so we go to um, our friends at standard pause hang on steady up tiger they're our friends at standard and pause and they determine what the index constituents are so if you remember the index constituents it's a market cap index so as an example how big is bhp at the moment it's about what 10 11 of the index um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, is, it, is it a challenge relating to Australia? 100%. Uh, that's why, again, from a diversification point of view, you don't want to be exposed just to one particular market. You want to have that broader sector. Yeah. So again, in our model, yeah. we also have an international um, property ETF as well. So they sort of complement each other for exactly the reason that Henry just pointed out what we call
0: concentration risk. Right henry i didn't realize goodman made up such a big part of that sector i knew it was big but not that big
2: yeah well andrew's highlighted the problem i mean this this thing tracks the index and the index is very concentrated in goodman because goodman has been such a stellar performer logistics warehousing etc they've been a big winner uh from the pandemic whichever way you cut it they have done very very well and REITs generally have done very very well because of the property valuation upside that we've seen in a lot of these companies interest rates at record lows and uh, valuations despite the fact that you know you've got office blocks around the city with with nobody in them looking like the Mary Celeste as people come back to work gradually and look at their coffee cup from two years ago and think oh I shouldn't have left that there but um, you know I, I think this is probably a hold but I. Do worry about that concentrated risk you've got. Yeah. You know, it's not a criticism of of this ETF. It is just as Andrew points out, you need to be aware that when you're buying these ETFs, you're not just buying the whole sector in equal weight. You are buying the index, mm. which may be skewed towards two or three stocks. I mean, you've got Center Group 10% and Dexus 7.8%. So you know that that is a big skew towards three or four stocks. Um, in this one, you're not just buying the sector. That is not a fault of the ETF because the ETF does what it says on the box. It tracks the index, but it Mm. is a fault of the Australian market. You know, the banking sector is 25, 30% of our market. BHP is 10%. That is part of our problem. When you're big, you're big and the rest of them fall by the wayside. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that is a huge gap, isn't it? Um, Henry Marshall wants to be on Shaver Shop, the uh, the grooming specialist, as the, the name implies, 120 stores throughout Australia and New Zealand.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I've got to say, I'm not sure about this one. It's, it's one that I took a look at a couple of years ago and really liked it, but it didn't trade a lot. It was around sort of 70 cents. It uh, it did nothing for a long time, and then had a big sort of upgrade cycle. It popped as well recently. Of course, it's been one of the winners from pandemic yeah. in terms of uh, grooming products. I think you know 27% of their profits comes from hair grooming and cutting. So. You know, clearly if we don't go to the barbers and we can't go to the hairdressers, this is where you've gone. Their online offering has been going gangbusters. Um, it's weird that like you, Koshi, they used to target me, maybe because my hair is such a mess, um, but they used to, they used to target, oh, me. target me. do target me. No, that ship sailed. Um, but they used to target me and I'd, I'd get to, you know, two or three emails a week from Shaver Shop, uh, signed up, etc., just to see how good they were at the online marketing. But that seems to have tailed off the question I guess is now that we're allowed out and restrictions have uh, have eased whether we're still going to see that stellar growth but I think you know that they've done very well good management it's I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it drift lower it is a bit liquidity challenged as well oh. at times I wouldn't be surprised to see it drift lower but around you know around a dollar I think that's pretty good buying here at a dollar 1415 uh, maybe it's got a propensity to drift lower until we wait for the um, the results and see how the world pans out uh, post-COVID, but uh, you know, clearly there were some interruptions over Christmas time with, with people getting into the yeah. shops. They're looking to open more stores uh, and they're all owned by the company, none of them are franchise stores either, which is important because they do then have control over them. I don't mind the stock, I just prefer to buy it cheaper, uh, it's probably a hold if you if you own it. If you don't own it maybe just put it on your watch list and keep an eye on it mm. for that uh, that drift as the world opens and maybe we all go and get our haircuts yeah. uh, from a real person rather than give, giving it a go yourself
0: yep andrew what do you think of shaver shop all the retail experts we talk to even though it's sort of a, a bit of a funny niche um so it's really well run has been right from the start Good. Manager. yeah
1: Again, you and I Koshi have no first hand experience being follically challenged. However, um as a as a business it does seem to be pretty well run and reasonably valued, a P of nine relative to forecast earnings per share growth of nine percent. So again, fairly valued, but I I agree with my learned friend, probably closer to the dollar is where you want them. Margins of around forty-four percent were great. I I also note that the chair is in fact uh, a non-executive director of um, Bailador which is sort of one of uh, mine and I think Henry's uh, companies, BTI. So again, you know, if we apply that management lens, which as you know, or governance lens, which as you know, I'm pretty keen on, uh, that sort of does instil me with confidence. But it's fairly valued. If I was being miserable, Andrew, the miserable around that dollar mark.
0: Okay. All right um now um andrew o media ali wants to be on that the big outdoor advertising uh business thirty-seven thousand digital and static uh, locations they're all the big outdoor signs you see at airports and shopping centers bus stops and the like um really got hit by covid uh, with not much traffic uh, foot or car traffic going by them how do you see them now
1: Yeah, it's interesting you talk about airports because about 25% of their revenue actually got impacted by their rail business and and again, not that they own trains, obviously, but you know, as you're saying, as you get off a plane or hop off a train or whatever, you'll see the big signs. So 25% of their business is uh, rail, is flight. And also within offices, you know, in your coffee shops or, you know, in the, the downstairs areas of those big buildings. And so that's obviously had a significant impact on their building and then, of course, on their business rather. And then, um, in the context of people coming back to work, people aren't coming back to work as quickly. So they're very keen to sort of compare themselves to 2019 when things were normal and how the business is going. They've done a great job in paying down debt. They've retired about 43% of their debt, uh, they've reinstated their dividend. But it is an advertising business, and uh, I think from you know, and we were talking before about how you're being targeted by uh, Endeavour as an example relating to your drinking habits no judgment. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you know, the world is changing, and perhaps physical isn't as much as important. Mm. So, I I'm- would follow this. Okay, I'm- okay.
0: Um, Henry.
2: Uh, I don't mind this one, I have to say. Um, It's probably a bit of a hold. We're in an election year. Uh, We're also going to be out and about in our cars more than ever. The traffic is returning. So we're going to be looking at these digital billboards around the place. We're also going to be travelling more. It has been, I guess, a little bit of a reopening play. Uh, um, Their revenues back to around 80% of their 2019 levels. So that's certainly a positive. They are converting more. Of their more mundane static billboards, I guess to digital, which can then sort of leverage the uh, the site they own because of uh, you can change the ad far quicker, mm. far easier uh, from with that method. So I don't actually mind this. I saw the CEO being interviewed the other day uh, and was quite impressed with her. I have to say, um, but um, I'm, I'm not sure what the catalyst is. You know pre-pandemic this was a $3.40 stock now it's a $1.70 stock will it get back to $3.40 i'm not so sure we're in that world anymore but as uh, more and more people look to get their message out to the general public and maybe we're seeing somewhat of a demise of social media messaging and and facebook targeting uh, which seems to have got a bit of drift since the uh, apple change there in privacy settings maybe this one could pick up some of that slack. So it's it's definitely a hold for me. As I right. say, I was pretty impressed with the CEO and what she was saying about the prospects for the company, especially in the digital space. Um, it's it's kind of got a few tailwinds behind it this year as well. So uh, it, it's a hold, okay. but I'm not sure what the, the big catalyst is uh, to change this one around.
0: All right. And a uh, final stock, Henry, Seb, wants of you on Focus Minerals, the uh, gold explorer in uh, in WA.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is always a hard one, isn't it? At the moment, it's actually under takeover yeah. uh, from uh, another company. So that, that does make it interesting. I think they're offering uh, five for two. And uh, so that, that is giving you a, a kind of a floor, I guess. Uh, the company's owned a lot um, by Shandong, which is a Chinese entity. They've got a massive stake in this one and they've said no to the takeover. The uh, the aggressor, which is TGM, uh, has said that this is the best and final offer. They increased it from two shares for every one to five shares for every two. So they've upped it a little bit, but it's still the stock price is above the offer price, so clearly it's not going to succeed in this uh, this kind of thing, and they have said it's best and final, so that's going to walk off into the sunset. But I guess it does show that the value in some of these things. Uh, it did have a big bounce uh, back in uh, sort of Christmas time and January, but uh, it, it's a gold stock, so you know th- that's a bit of a theme at the moment with with gold being seen as the hedge against the uh, the Vladimir put mm. or yep. the Vladimir um, invasion force. But um, yeah, no, for me, it's just a little bit too small, a little bit speculative. Clearly, it's got some appeal. TGM bidding for it, but uh, Shandong's got a pretty much a, okay. um, a stranglehold on this one.
1: Okay, Andrew. Reading the ASX announcements, Koshi, I <laughs> wanted to grab some popcorn because of all the the twing <laughs> and the would Sort of wow. <laughs> uh, Yeah, look, this this has got no chance of getting over the line Um, and as an investment, I mean, as Henry's right, gold is an interesting place and certainly, you know, Laverton and Coolgardie where they've got their, where they're trying to sort of get things going again with processing plants, etc. $29,000 a day is traded. Uh, You've got this bond fight going on at the moment between Fever and them. Major shareholder going all too hard. I'm saying it's all too hard as well. So, okay, Okay, thanks.
0: Don't need it. Andrew Willard from DP Wealth Advisory. Always great to catch up. Um, Henry Jennings from Marcus today will let you go and change buckets under the leaks to fight the rainstorm. All right, guys. (laughs) Have a good rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Cheers. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks, uh, integrated uh, research, a hold from Andrew, a no from, um, uh, uh, from Henry. Uh, the Vanguard Australian Property Securities ETF, a yes from Andrew, a hold from Henry. Shaver Shop, a no for Andrew, a hold from Henry, quite interested in it. Same with Ode Media, um, a hold from uh, Henry, a no from Andrew and Focus Minerals, a no from both. If you'd like us to uh, cover any stocks and want me to put them to our expert panel for their adjudication, uh, flick me an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or if you're going to do it through Twitter, use the at Ausbiz TV handle. A reminder that all the stocks in the calls portfolio are listed at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and we'll be changing that around